Welcome to the show. Great Thank to be you. here. <laughs> I heard about this from one of you or both of you, and I thought this is incredible, especially in the pandemic when there's so much loneliness and isolation. Uh, I would imagine this has helped a lot of people. It has. Um, we're both thinking, who goes next? I know. <laughs> Maybe you can tell us who, who can okay, that's fine. Don't overlap. Um, it's helped a lot of people, but you know, it's not just a pandemic issue. We find that loneliness is pervasive before COVID, during COVID, and it continues. So, yes. so many seniors are truly, truly isolated. And I think the pandemic just put it under a lens for all of us to see. True. But it's been there for decades. Yes. Oh, by the way, and we'll start with you, Donnie. How did the two of you meet? Well, we met in, in our Toastmaster Club, Menlo Park Toastmasters, about six or seven years ago. And for those who don't know, what's Toastmasters? Toastmasters is an international organization that promotes public speaking and helps so many people get over their horrible fear of, of public speaking. It's one of the worst fears that people have oh. in public. Definitely. <laughs> so yeah, Laura and I were both club members and she did these really creative presentations and we became friends. And, and then uh, because we were meeting at night, it wasn't convenient for her to meet at night anymore. So we didn't talk to each other for a while. And then Laura approached me with this idea. She said uh, it was around March of 2020, I think. And she said, I have this idea of, I want to call seniors who are isolated and link them up with phone buddies. And I thought that was a great idea. And I think the reason it resonated with me is because my mom is going to be 99 in December. Oh, wow. And for a whole year and a half, she was stuck in her room, in her assisted living community, which has 300 people in it, but everybody in that community was isolated and quarantined to their room. And I just felt so bad. Right. She's not a great talker. She doesn't like to talk on the phone that much, but I knew it would be something that would appeal to her and others in her similar situation. And that's what Laura proposed to me. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll help you out on that. <laughs> There's a lot of research that talks about, um, you know, we were already in a mental health pandemic before the pandemic, and then the pandemic just exacerbated the situation. And we, we push older adults, you know, to keep them away and to be safe and away from the virus, but we're just, it's to their detriment for their mental health. They're even more isolated than before. I think that's true. And um, well, we know that's true. And we heard from quite a few administrators at different facilities <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, assisted living or skilled nursing or rehab, that they were really caught in the middle because, of course, the mandate is to keep the seniors safe, keep right. the residents safe by isolation during the worst of COVID. Um, but many of these seniors said, you know, I don't care. The, the mental health outcomes for me and the emotional loneliness 
is more important than, than the rest of my life. And that's a really complicated line for those of us who are not in that position to, to walk. And, um, you know, we don't only work with seniors in facilities, we work with a lot of homebound seniors. And even as the pandemic sort of begins to get under control, they're still in that same bind, right? They, they know they should kind of, you know, keep, keep um, remote because um, that's just for safety, but remoteness is horribly, horribly devastating yes. to their emotional and mental well-being. And we're all sort of stuck, I think, the rest of our world, you know, how do we, how do we keep folks from being so lonely if they physically or for whatever reason are in one place? Yes. in a room or in a house or an apartment, and they're bound to that physical space. Sure. I actually wrote an article, I don't know if you saw it on LinkedIn, I posted it about intergenerational strategies during the pandemic, mm-hmm. how you connect, you know, let's say college students and older adults, and it helps form this connection, which boosts people up, both age groups, actually. It does. Um, I'm going to put a plug for an amazing intergenerational organization called Virtual Companions, uh, based in the Bay Area, run by a Stanford student. And um, they do intergenerational phone buddies and pen pals and all kinds of of work to support the connection between high school and college students and seniors. Um, We have a different angle. Most of our volunteers are adults over 40 and have had a very rich life experience to draw from. So when we're talking to our seniors, who've also had a rich life experience, either positive or negative, we can really resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so my phone buddy um, lives in Kansas. Actually, I, I speak to her every week. We've been talking for 14 months and she and I are very different. I'm in the Bay Area, she's in rural Kansas. We're different mm-hmm. on all the spectrums that uh, one can imagine. Um, and she's had a very, very difficult life story. And, um, I can't resonate with all of it, but as an adult who's had, you know, experience the world, I can make a connection with her. So I think there's a place for both, for the intergenerational outreach and for the sort of affinity of of one adult talking to another adult. You've gotten some great press on this. I noticed (laughs) um, you were featured in USC Annenberg Center for Health Journalism, uh, as well as McKnight's Senior Living. What does this feel like to you? We'll start with you, Donnie. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, I was, I'm so impressed with Laura. Laura is the driving force behind this. My role was to train the volunteers, which was all done on Zoom. And it was a lot of fun. I enjoy that a lot. I like to teach people or coach people on how to be better listeners. So that was my main role. But yes, it's great. And then we recently were featured in our hometown newspaper. <laughs> the uh, almanac, the almanac. So um, yeah, it's, it's been fun to see some press for this organization. What has this meant for you, you know, individually, Laura, let's say for you, has it given you a different perspective? Does it give you a sense of purpose and meaning? What, what has it meant to you? Um, I, I think to me personally, it's really gotten me to reflect on what kind of older person will I become? What kind of senior will I be? I'm technically a senior, according to AARP, I'm 57. You know, none of us really thinks um, 
none of us really thinks that our current situation will change, right? And those of us who are fortunate to um, have physical and mental health and resources, we can't really envision a time when that would go away. Sure. But that is possible. And I think never before this work did I really think through, you know, what if I'm lonely? What if I'm isolated? What if I'm not well? What will I do? How will I feel? Um, yeah. And the, the potential for any one of us to get to that point, um, you know, and I'm, I'm using the word elderly, and I think it's um, not the right word because our phone buddies, our clients are as young as 50 and as old as 96. And so the notion that, you know, you're in your 90s and isolated isn't true. We have very, very lonely people in their 50s. And 50s. Yeah. So um, it's really sort of caused me to reflect. But, but I think on a, of a bigger organizational level, we really have this sense of, of making the difference, you know, which is the complete cliche in the world of nonprofit, but it's absolutely fundamentally true. Yes. That when we hang up with our phone buddies. We have transformed their lives. They know they haven't been forgotten. They know that in a week's time, they're going to hear from us again. They know there's someone out there who is thinking of them. And, and that's a really profound impact. And I think um, all of our volunteers really have that experience. What's been your experience, Tony? Well, I've thought a lot about it from the same perspective as you mentioned, Laura, because I live alone. <laughs> and if it weren't for my connections with other people, uh, I would feel very isolated because it, for such a long time, it wasn't safe to go out. Yes. So I think that being able to reach out to people who are like myself alone, but maybe not even able to go out, mm -hmm. then yeah. it, uh, it, it resonates. It deeply resonates with me as well. Can you walk me through the process of using phone buddies, what that means for someone? Um, well, what that means is that there's a senior out there who could really benefit from weekly conversation. And so um, there's a simple sign-up process. Um, they can sign themselves up through an online form. If they don't have computer access, they can give me a phone call. Um, most of our seniors come through some kind of agency. We're partnering now with um, a couple of senior organizations in the Bay Area and a few in the Midwest. And most typically their case manager or social worker or some staff can sign them up. Okay. Or a friend and family can sign them up. Um, you know, the, the, the lack of computer access that many of these seniors has is profound, is a great topic for another conversation. And, you know, we're all sitting here in California, you're in um, LA area and we're in the Bay area. And we assume that everybody has a computer or smartphone. In fact, no, vast numbers of seniors do not have that. So um, if they themselves don't have the tools to sign up, they can have someone sign them up for them. And then um, within about two days of signing up, we assign them a volunteer. And uh, we match as best we can the volunteer and the senior, you know, based on interests or geography. And then that volunteer becomes that senior's phone friend and calls them every week. And they agree on what time, what time of day and what time of the week. And it's just a friendly conversation, um, like sort of like a pen pal, but over the phone. Mm -hmm. And the conversation can go as deep and personal or as you know, friendly and neutral as the volunteer and the senior wants. Um, we're non-political and we're secular. So we, we trade carefully around um, 
around topics that may um, be upsetting while at the same time, you know, maintaining integrity that, you know, a senior is an adult, they're not a child. Right. They don't need to be spoken to, how are we doing today? You know, we, we're an adult and they're an adult. And so we try to re retain that honesty as much as we can. So that's what works. And the senior can, can have this free phone buddy for as many months as they want. Most of our volunteers are, um, I would say six months or more uh, into their phone buddy relationship. Great, and how long is the training, Donnie, that they have to go through? The training is only an hour long. Oh, okay. We've, we've had about six training sessions with groups of volunteers. And what we do is we kind of act out scenarios mm -hmm. and act a little, give them some challenges. And Goodness. we role play, perhaps uh, getting into a conversation about politics and, and how do we steer away from that conversation. <laughs> But we also start out by explaining that the best way to talk to someone and, and have a conversation that goes back and forth is to ask open-ended questions. So we yes. explain about what an open-ended question is and what topics you might consider and just how to get around sticky situations. Sure. And so we only have about maybe seven or eight on the call. So there's enough time for everybody to role play several situations. That's great. I wanna add something about the training. Um, Donnie is really, really good at coaching people for empathic listening and active listening. And for those of us who are profuse talkers, such as myself, um, there's a balance there to learn when to listen and when to talk. And when to engage the senior and draw them out or when to just sort of step back and let them go and let them talk. And Donnie has really, really brought this idea of active and empathic listening, um, which you know we don't do very well in our modern lives. We're just rolling on, talking, talking, talking. Right. Um, but it's very important to listen because you learn a lot about what the senior might not be saying. Very true. I feel like also what you're both doing can help spill over into their own lives in making them better listeners, in reaching out to people they haven't reached out to in a long time, mm -hmm. in being more compassionate, kinder to people. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. We've had our volunteers say, you know, oh, after, after I've talked to my phone buddy, then I think about reaching out to my brother who I've, you know, been distanced from for a year. Um, and actually, we find uh, a complimentary situation that some of the phone buddies, the seniors, tell us that talking to us kind of helped us come out of their, their shell. And a shell sounds like a self-imposed isolation, and I don't want to portray that, but just their own kind of smaller world. And, you know, maybe they were able to reach out to a friend or family uh, if they have any have any left um, who they weren't. So it, it's really kind of a mutual interpersonal human relationship. And, you know, we all forget the phone. We're on the text, we're on texting, we're on email, we're on Zoom. And the phone is this really simple and powerful instrument. Yes. To hear someone else's voice. Um, it's so uplifting and it's so easy. It's, it's amazing. Plus, I, I also so. think, sorry, what? I, I think it's amazing. It is amazing. Um, I also think that for somebody that's volunteering and they might be going through something personal to go and help someone else 
it's a benefit to both the recipient mm. and, and the person making the phone call. You know, it, it makes you feel like you're doing some good in the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I recently met a, a wonderful woman who's an AARP ambassador for volunteerism. And she's actually going to come and speak to my Gaga Sisterhood group in January about the benefits of volunteerism and how it in, in, increases our longevity and improves our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I All think right. another thing that comes from learning to listen is that you also learn about yourself. Mm as you are involved with this person and you can see the relationship growing and maybe you catch yourself saying things that might not have been appropriate or whatever. So this whole thing is, uh, is I think a good personal learning experience as well as just feeling good too. Sure. I wanted to share something with you. I started something called the care initiative and part of the uh, initiative each letter of the word care stands for something. So C is the power of connection, how important it is to connect. You know, I know I feel very uplifted if I connect with someone daily. If I didn't do my show on Zoom, it would be so isolating. And then attention to mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health. The R is for resilience and the E is educating ourselves on social issues, ageism, sexism, everything, fill in the blank. And I feel like it's really important to to tune into one another, as I said, even a total stranger, and just taking the time. Um, I do feel like what you're doing, though, will have a domino effect for people to not only reach out to people, but become better listeners. I love that acronym. So did you say that's your organization that you started? It was an initiative. Yes, it's an initiative. And I can tell you more about it another time, but... I think it's really important to inspire students, um, you know, all ages to do things that can connect and also improve our mental health because it's been so so important. Yes, absolutely. Anything else you'd like people to know about this? Well, um, if people are listening and would like to either volunteer um, or would like to be a client, receive receive our phone conversations, they can go to the website. It's www.friendlyvoices.org, all one word. Um, or they can probably contact you and you can give them our information if that's the way that works. Okay, um, no, either way. Yeah, and there's an either way, and there's an email link on there. They can email me. Um, they can sign up for either being a volunteer or receiving um recipient of the call. So it's, it's a pretty simple one step. Okay, great. One other group that you didn't mention who might be listening is someone who knows a senior Mm. who might benefit from a friendly voice. You bet. Yeah. Thank you. And Donnie, where can people find out more about you and the Gaga sisterhood? (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, my Gaga sisterhood is going to be celebrating its 18th anniversary in December Ooh. and it's gagasisterhood.com and, and we have a, a, a monthly zoom zoom speakers and as I mentioned that wonderful speaker uh, is going to talk about the benefits of volunteerism 
And I didn't have you share. I want to just give a quick little, what is the Gaga Sisterhood? Oh, yes. The Gaga Sisterhood is a membership organization, an international membership organization for grandmas who are wild about being grandmas and want to meet other grandmas and connect and learn and grow. That's great. I love this. So uh, just give the website one more time for phone buddies. Friend, is it friendlyvoices.org? Yep, www.friendlyvoices.org. And I saw information that people want to volunteer, get involved. There's information on them. Yeah, you just click the link. There's one link that says sign up to volunteer. Another link that says sign up to have a phone buddy. Um, it should be straightforward. If there's any questions, my um, our email information is, is on there on the contact us page. So you can just email me. Fantastic. Anything else you'd like to leave us with? Um, I'd like to leave us with this image. Um, I went to a party on Sunday, an outdoor party. We were all vaccinated. There are about 18 of us. And um, it was the first time I had been with a lot of people in months and months and months and months and months outside, you know, my own little safety pod and maybe going to Target and all, but really just sort of being together without, without fear. Okay. I thought about that moment way back in March, 2020, when we all sort of went into this sort of dark isolation and the difference between then and now for many of us. And I thought, wow, imagine um, if one couldn't go to this outdoor party and, and sort of enjoy all their friends. And that is what that limitation is like for so, so many people. And if we can just all remember that we have been in that situation, even if for sort of a short, artificial time during the height of COVID. Um, that is what it feels like for them. And mm -hmm. there's a really easy, easy way to help. Yes, I love it. Anything you want to add, Donnie, before we wrap up? Well, I'm just grateful to Laura for being inspired with this idea and offering me an opportunity to join her in making it happen. That's great. Well, congratulations to both of you. Thank, Thank you, Janine. It was so fun to talk to you.